Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to 3rd Love, you can have both. 3rd Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsu Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special, makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries, I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. You can fully customize your wild grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box. And $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. Or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. Hello, this is Sarah from the left, and I am here with Jean, a listener of Pantsuit Politics and member of our Pantsuit Politics book club who lives in central New York and is a stay-at-home mom. And we are here to discuss Hillbilly Elegy by J.D. Vance, our March Pantsuit Politics book club pick. Hi, Jean. How are you? Hi. Good. How are you? Good. So I asked Jean to be on the show because she had very passionate opinion and take on Hillbilly Elegy. What did you think of the book, Jean? I hated it. <laughs> Why did you hate it? Other than finding some of it kind of offensive, I I didn't see where it did what it claims to do. It doesn't really make you understand anything. And if his point is to make you not believe a stereotype about a person doesn't do a very good job of it. So I guess we should talk about what the book claims to do. So it's a memoir. um, And J.D. Vance grew up in um, part of eastern Kentucky and southern Ohio. 
and then went to into the military and on to, I believe he went to Yale and became an investment banker. And so he's sort of billing himself as um, a sort of, uh, I don't know if advocate's the right word, but like, I came from this place that nobody understands, and I'm going to try to help you understand the sort of um, low-income, low-socioeconomic status of um, particularly sort of Appalachian white Americans. And so you, is that sort of where you were coming from? Is that what you thought the book was kind of offering up? Most of what I had heard about the book beforehand was people saying it was a good idea good way of understanding why people would vote for Trump, mm-hmm. especially when it wasn't in their best interest. It's not even written around the time of Trump, so it doesn't really do that. Yeah, I mean, I think so that's that definitely, kind of he became sort of this like Trump, Trump land disciple. And I'm not really sure he even, a- he asked for that, but I think that's definitely how the book was built for sure. I don't know, he just kind of feeds the stereotypes instead of dismantling them. I guess. Well, I don't think you're the only person that felt like that. My friend Leslie, you know, I was like, you got to read this book. You got to read this book. And then she read the book and she was like, I did not like this book. I did not feel like he did what he told me he was going to do, which was <laughs> help me understand these people any further. I mean, so I definitely don't think you're the only person that had that reaction. Did you read our February book, Strangers in Their Own Land? I just finished that a couple days ago, actually. I did you think she did a better job of doing March. that? Yeah, I did too. I actually finished that book after Hillbilly Elegy and texted my friend Leslie and was like, okay, this book did what you thought Hillbilly Elegy was going to do, but probably didn't. And I think that, you know, some of this, you know, I think it took off as this, the media decided he was the explanation for all things Trump. And I'm not, like I said, I don't know if he asked for that. And that's a lot to put on sort of a memoir generally. But, you know, the book list, the book got published for a reason because they felt, because they felt like, it was a memoir that explained a certain part of the country. And so you felt like it just perpetuated the stereotypes more than anything else? Yeah. He starts the book, you know, great. He's like, I want you to understand, you know, why these things happen and why we think this way and, and that we're not what we you think we are. And, and then he takes every hillbilly stereotype and he gives you an example of how his family fit it. Mm-hmm. The only excuse he ever gave for it was, well, this is the way the Scotch-Irish think, which is really what made me want to throw it against the wall. <laughs> um, well, I, I, it's really interesting. I've read other books that sort of mine the Scot-Irish ancestry. I myself have Scot-Irish ancestry. And while I do think there's something particularly about the distrust of outsiders that is bred into the culture, I don't know if that's a full explanation for the political leanings. I'll tell you the part that I really like that really I thought he did a good job of speaking to. And that was the the feeling among um, his family members and his friends and the culture generally of a of a lack of agency. And he talks a lot about how the military sort of um, instilled agency in him in which his culture and his upbringing had not. And that there was this idea that, like, what's the use? What's the point? Um, you know, I don't know if you listened to Shit Town, the new um, podcast from This American Life and Serial, but they do a really good job of explaining this. And the the narrator calls it um, this is going to be a very explicit podcast, but the uh, narrator yeah. of Shit Town calls it fuck, the fuck it philosophy. Like, eh, fuck it. Like, why do I even care? Like, why should I bother? Why should I show up for the job if something minorly inconvenienced happens? You know, I was speaking to a person in my own town 
um, about some of the low income poverty issues we had. And she was saying, like, the issue is not that people can't find jobs. The issue is that we can't seem to help people keep jobs. If there's a, um, you know, a child care problem or a transportation problem, whereas somebody maybe in the upper middle class would like really mine their resources and try to fix the problem, there is this attitude of like, I don't have any agency to solve my own problems. And so I'll just give up like, fuck it. You know, I just want I'll just quit the job or I'll just stop showing up. And I think that he yeah, did a really a good job of explaining that. What did you think about that part? That's a fair point. That, that wasn't one of the things that I I disliked. Yeah, and um, I really liked the part about, like, you know, not just the the lack of agency, but how each political party, like, contributes to that. Like, one of my favorite parts of the book that I always think about is where he says, like, it's you remove agency from people if you're a Democrat and you say the government is the solution to every problem, and if you're also, if you're a Republican and you say the government is all the cause of all your problems, in both cases, you are removing someone's agency to solve their own problems and to try to contribute to their own um, sort of life in a way. Were there any parts of the book that you did like or you felt like, oh, gosh, I had no idea that's how people lived or anything like that? I like that he showed his affection and his respect for his grandmother Mm -hmm. Um, throughout it. You could kind of see that maybe what he was going for was more of a tribute to somebody that he cared about than trying to make it a a political opinion. Right. I thought this was a good, Megan, our, our, book club moderator had this point to make. She said, the first half of the book about the childhood of the author is written in a manner of fact way that both educates individuals not familiar with the described lifestyle while challenging those same individuals to dare to pass judgment. This tone is strong yet gentle. The second half of the book has a tone that is not only condescending, but confusing. It is if the author wants you to know he survived adversity and has risen above the people from his childhood, but that he isn't one of the elite and no one but himself can pass judgment on the people from both his past and present. Is that sort of the tone you were reacting to, you feel like? Kind of. I mean, he does get very judgy when he gets into the military mm. um, on his own path. I have split feelings about how much adversity he went through. Yeah. Because um, at one point he talks about, he mentions that when his mother was married to the trucker, they brought in $100,000. And that doesn't really say poor to me. Yeah. <laughs> so he spent a good chunk of his life being perfectly fine, just with maybe not fine people. Yeah, I mean, I think and I think that's fair. I mean, I think it's fair to say like adversity is not just about how much you make. I think that um, instability of his family life and um, the death of his grandfather and sort of this just never feeling like you had stable adults. Although I guess, you know, I think his point, too, is that he did have that stable grandmother the whole time that really saved him and that really gave him a chance other kids didn't have to see a way out yeah. and to see a path forward. You know, it's I think. Um, do you remember, I kept thinking about when people had problems with the memoir. Do you remember James Fry, the guy who wrote the addiction memoir and was like on the Oprah show and then it turns out he lied about a bunch of it? I remember it. I didn't read the book. Oh, the book was so good. Like, it's so good. And it's so, (laughs) we put people in such a tough spot. And I think J.D. Vance is finding that out too, in which we say, you know, tell us a story about your life. Well, the sto- you're not asking me to record what happened to me. You're asking you- me to tell you a story about my life. And I do think that J.D. Vance did that. Um, and then it became this sort of political. I, mean, I guess I'm so t- I'm, I'm split between defending him and saying, like, he did not ask to become the disciple for all things Trump. And then also saying, like, you know, you sort of walk into this criticism. You should walk into this in any time you write a memoir with this sort of idea that 
it's never going to be enough for people. Like it's, you can't, you know, you're, you're taking your experiences and trying to create this universal narrative, which is inherently risky. And I think he's learning that. I was telling you before we start recording that the movie has been optioned by, it's going to be produced and directed by Ron Howard and that Twitter is already having a field day. And I do think that's a, if you're J.D. Vance and people are criticizing you for sort of being too condescending and not painting a total picture, like Ron Howard is not the nuanced pick I would have chosen <laughs> to tell, to turn it into a film. But hey, what, what do I know? I'm not his agent. He's cashing some big chips at this point. If you're looking for a very quick salon quality but not salon-priced manicure, Olive & Jean has you covered. We've talked about Olive & Jean's Manny system before. It has everything that you need for a professional manicure in one box. Salon-grade tools. Your choice of six polishes. Those polishes are going to last you for seven days or more. The cost breaks down to about $2 a manicure. Olive & Jean also has press-ons if you want. What I love, though, is that Olive & Jean each season is coming out with new colors, and I just got a set of spring and summer colors in quick dry polish. They say this dries in about a minute. It seemed dry to me in about 30 seconds. It was not kidding about being quick dry. I also love the light colors in this set. There is a huge range. My favorite one is called Kitten. It's like a pinkish gray. The quick dry polish gives you full coverage in one or two coats. It lasts for more than five days and it is offered in more than 40 cruelty-free and vegan polishes. Olive and June just understands what's happening in our lives, that we need to move quickly, but we want to look great and feel great and have fun in the process. Visit oliveandjune.com slash pantsu for 20% off your first system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash P-A-N-T-S-U-I-T for 20% off your first Manny system. just finished A Court of Thorns and Roses and craving another fantasy world to devour? Dipsy's got you. Dive into spicy enemies to lovers' tales or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your morning walk, late night, or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves, Greek gods and goddesses, Regency era historical fiction, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash pantsuit. Dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college. Y'all, he's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things. Big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, 
H-E-L-P.com slash pansy. The other reason that uh, J.D. Vance has been in the news recently was he... um, he posted in New York, he wrote a thing for the New York Times saying that he's moving back to Ohio. Did you happen to see that? I heard mention of it. I did not read it. I was I really... Was, I was still kind of steaming when I heard about it and didn't really want to read it. <laughs> you really you really had a negative experience reading the book, huh? Like you didn't feel like there was any positive I, takeaways? Well, it had positive takeaways, I guess. But I almost feel like he was an imposter by the time that he wrote it. Mm. And he's... You know, he's a 31-year-old white male that ended up in Yale Law School. Like, you made it. You're not the kid that didn't make it. Right. The kid that didn't make it's probably going to give me a better idea of what it's like to live there than you are. Yeah. No, that's a good point. It's like once you – it's a tough situation because, like, once you've left and have had the opportunity and sort of, you know, amassed the privilege – you sort of inherently need to tell the story to have access to publishers and have access like then already your perspective is skewed. I would be interested to see because when he talks about some of the people in his neighborhood that use the services that are out there, he's very judgmental about it in his undertone. And Mm -hmm. I would be curious to see jump in a TARDIS and go talk to him before he went to Yale, Yale Law School and see if he was really that judgmental of those people then. Right. Well, and I thought he did. a. Uh, my favorite part about that is when he talked less about his impression and when he talked about his grandmother and how his grandmother sort of simultaneously made excuses for people, but also harshly criticized their use of government programs. Like I've seen that in my own life, this idea of like, well, you know, they don't know any better, but they're really exploiting the system. And it's such a tough I think what he does tap, and I think that's what the media reacted to, is this idea that for huge, and she talks about this a lot in Strangers in Their Own Land, for huge parts of the country, the risk to the American dream is not the top 1% using our system to their financial gain, but, you know, the bottom 10% who people feel are just exploiting the systems. You know, I tell people, I'd much rather blame the people with power than the people without any, but for a huge part of the country, I think that that the idea that there are people who they see. And I think that's something else I realized reading that book is like, for better or for worse, I don't interact with people using the welfare system. Like, this is not, I don't see people cheating the system. I don't see people buying stuff I don't think they should be buying with their food stamps. Like, and when you do have those interactions, it really does color your perspective. Perspective. It can. I, I've seen it. Um, I worked as a cashier through high school, or not high school, college. And my husband and I own a multifamily property and we've had to deal with what in New York is Section 8 helps mm-hmm. pay around. And I don't know. A lot of people around here get very judgy about it. Um, they get very upset when they see the person with a stamp card buying steak that they can't afford to buy. But you don't know. Maybe that person is celebrating an anniversary and they know they're not going to have a lot of food for the rest of the month and they want to make that sacrifice. Right. But there are the ones out there that are giving everybody a bad name. <laughs> well, and I like her point. Wait, what? I was reading something recently, and now I can't remember if it was strangers in their own land. Somebody was talking about a woman they lived with and lived in a neighborhood with and how she never sort of made the financial decisions that were in her best interest. But at the end of the day, like mentally, you cannot live in constant um, deprivation. Like you can't constantly be nobody, no matter what your financial resources are, makes, you know, perfect financial decisions all the time. It's just not who we are as creatures. And to put poor people in that box and say like, well, you shouldn't have cell phones and you shouldn't have this. Like, it's so 
unfair because we don't do that to people in anybody, any other sort of economic situation. I always think a lot about um, Morgan Spurlock. Remember he made the fast food movie, the um, Super Size Me. Remember that movie where he ate McDonald's for 30 mm-hmm. days? And he, then he did a, his, his show. I think it was just called 30 Days where he would put people sort of in these same experiments. And the very first one he did, him and his girlfriend lived on minimum wage for 30 days. And his point was like, basically like, you can do it. But you can't have kids and nothing can ever go wrong. Like his girlfriend had to go to the emergency room and that just wiped it out. Like he's like, you can sort of make it work, but you like can't have any luxuries or nice things. You can't have anything ever go wrong and you certainly can't have kids. And I just thought that was like a good, you know, it's we put people in, we hold them to standards that are really unachievable. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible. And skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, And Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered shower head purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code Pantsuit at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, 
Whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. So I take it you wouldn't recommend the book to anybody else. (laughs) I do recommend it to my husband. I recommended it a few days ago, actually. After I had finished Strangers in Their Own Land, I was like, you should read these. And I kind of handed them both to him because we're a split household. And that was why I was trying to figure out why, like, understand the the Trump supporter thinking because I can't understand it in him. So. Your husband is a Trump supporter, and you read these books as a try to try to way to help under help yourself understand. Yeah. Oh wow. So, was, do you feel like it helped you at all? Because I was a Bernie person, and and he was a well, he was a Rand Paul person, and then he became a Trump person. <laughs> oh. So, do you feel like it helped you at all? I think Strangers was more helpful than than Hillbilly. Yeah. Hillbillyology gives me a good understanding of of what it's like to grow up poor in Appalachia, but it doesn't really give me any political understanding. Yeah, I mean, I think hers, the the sort of deep story she talks about is so instructive. Did you feel like that really touched on your husband's perspective? I think a lot of it does. Um, I think the part that she talks about where you, you know, you care about the environment, but you don't think that the government is the right person to regulate it. Mm -hmm. Like that kind of thinking is very much into my, my husband's way of thinking. Yeah, I think. Well, especially if he's a Rand Paul supporter. Yeah. Um, he probably would have been happier if Ron Paul had run again. I think he settled for for Trump. I think a lot of people I did. Hillary. <laughs> I think a lot of people that happened to a lot of people held their nose and voted for Donald Trump. All right. Well, William, we'll wrap up this conversation. Our book club pick for the month of April is The Crisis of the Middle Class Constitution, Why Economic Inequality Threatens Our Republic by Ganesh Sitaraman. I hope I said his name right and I'm afraid I didn't. But I met him at Vox Conversation last year and had really cool conversations with him and he told me about his book coming out and so he is going to come we're going to have an actual author chat for our next book club pick so that'll be really really cool and I'm about 100 pages into it and I think it's real now it's super legally so um, you don't have to necessarily have a law degree but if that's something you're interested in his examination of sort of the founding fathers and um, how our constitution was founded and some historical perspective on constitutional systems generally is super fascinating if that's what you're into. So check it out. The Crisis of the Middle Class Constitution, Why Economic Inequality Threatens Our Republic. And I'll put a link in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us, Jean. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you to our producer, Nicholas Holland, and to our Chief Creative Officer, Dante Lima, for all the work they do to make Pantsuit Politics possible, and to all of you for making this community so special. Remember to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Pantsuit Politics, or Instagram at Pantsuit Politics. Please leave us your feedback and send us your ideas for show topics and Pantsuit Primers on social media, or you can email us at sarah at or beth at